Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Drum Network podcast. I'm senior reporter for tech at the Drum, Chris Sutcliffe. In this, the next in our semi-regular 101 series, we're going to be looking at social media's next big thing, live shopping. So what are the essentials that your fellow marketers need to know? Who's doing the most interesting work in this space? And most importantly of all, what opportunities are emerging next for people looking to lead this space? And I'm delighted to say that I'm joined by some fantastic guests who are going to go take us through everything to do with live shopping, who I'll ask to introduce themselves now. So Carmen, could we start with you, please? Hi, everyone. First of all, thank you very much for having me here today. You're very welcome. Um, <laughs> I'm the CEO at Frame Studio, and we are based in London. We have been doing live shopping for a long, long time now. And my first time was actually in 2016 with AliExpress and being me, one of the hosts. So let's go with live shopping. I'm really <laughs> excited to share things. <laughs> nice. Fantastic. And Debbie. Hi, I'm Debbie Ellison. I'm the Global Chief Digital Officer for VML YNR Commerce, WPP agency. My role is to help our clients build capability and deliver great commerce, uh, connected commerce experiences. And of course, uh, social commerce and uh, shop streaming or live shopping, it forms part of that. So like Carmen, I also love shopping, by the way. So that's also <laughs> really helpful. <laughs> really helps with research. Uh, so that's me. And again, thank you so much for uh, having me join you today. No, absolutely. Thank you for coming on. And it's fantastic that we've got both of you on here. And, you know, Debbie, to your point, you're coming at this from the perspective of somebody who loves it as a consumer and also presumably from that kind of enabling the brand side of it as well. So a real breadth of expertise and interest here. Debbie, to, could we start with you then? I wondered if you could maybe give the listeners an example of what is currently possible through live shopping and that 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 one avenue of social commerce that we're talking about. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, there's lots that is out there when it comes to uh, live shopping. So, for instance, we've got platform capability like Lisa, who we've partnered up with to deliver live shopping experiences for IKEA on Facebook. Um, we saw some um, shop streaming capability available on social platforms, but I know Carmen will have a perspective on that, but we're seeing some of that capability actually regressing, and I have a, a perspective on, on, on that. And then, of course, we're seeing live shopping opportunities on retail platforms like Amazon also. So I think those are like the three main areas that we're seeing kind of mm. live shopping capability being opened up for brands. And as I said, some of them I think are absolutely growing and some of them are regressing for various reasons. Well, we can absolutely talk about that. Carmen, I wonder, right. yeah, what would you say is, is possible? What would be the kind of the, the most exciting thing you're thinking of when we talk about live shopping then? So in terms of live shopping, it is a market that's still developing and we can see that companies can do live shopping on their e-commerce website, then can, they can restream to social media. And then they also have uh, the uh, possibility to do live shopping on marketplaces, as Debbie mentioned. Uh, I think the, the best of the best of live shopping would be like merging all that together and companies taking advantage of actually doing live shopping on their website on socials and on marketplaces. So it's it's interesting, and we will definitely get into um, to Debbie's point, sort of why we've seen a little bit of regression in some of those spaces. But Carmen, to stick with you, then I wondered who do you think, either from a brand perspective or from a platform perspective, is really leading the charge at the moment and showing what is possible through live shopping. 
Um, I would say that there are some software providers that are really enabling uh, companies to do live shopping. Those could be, for example, Bambooser is really well known as a platform, as a software provider. Then we also have other companies like, for example, OnLive here in Spain mm. that are doing a really great job to help companies develop these live shopping features. And then... Uh, TikTok Shop is doing a really good job as well to develop the uh, market. And so far, it's in the UK, in the US, seven regions in Asia and soon here in Spain as well. So I think I think TikTok is kind of dominating the market when it comes to, to live shopping. They know what it is like. They know how it works. They've been doing it for so many years. And uh, yeah, as well, marketplaces, we have seen... AliExpress doing live shopping for so long. And also they started with Taobao uh, back in 2016. So they have all the experience and they're developing everything uh, in the rest of the uh, European and, well, Western markets, I would say. Yeah, fascinating that you mentioned TikTok and that me and Debbie both nodded so vigorously there. Debbie, why do you think that we were both, that was what the kind of was the, the flashpoint for our focusing in on that? I think because it just marries all the inputs into successful kind of live shopping experiences. And so Carmen was talking about TikTok and um, probably inferring Doyan, which is the the uh, platform in, in China and actually how big the opportunity has been for kind of live shopping in, in China. And that's really where most markets and most brands will look to in terms of a North Star, because I think it, what it does is it marries a couple of things, one of which is just the audiences on the platform, the scale of the audiences on the platform, and then that level of engagement and entertainment with it that um, live streaming kind of taps into. And I think actually something that we'll probably talk about a bit later on, which is that ecosystem integration, the fact that mm. you can get entertainment, influence, product, and on-platform purchase, something that we're yet really to see integrated i think in any other market outside of outside of china and i think that's why tiktok or doyan do it do it so well and the scale in which they do it is just phenomenal i mean even yesterday i was just talking to our global agency about that. I mean, even a couple of years ago where you've got influencers like Via, for instance, who, you know, has really had explosive success and has, you know, um, huge number of followings and had, you know, one year, I think in 2020 had, you know, managed to sell $720 million worth of products on just one singles day. It just shows you what the opportunity could be for brands and what, uh, you know, success looks like. And I think if if we were able to help um, not just brands and retailers, but actually platforms see that this is a new route to consumer and treat mm. it in a very different way, I think um, that will be the key to unlocking that that um, scale across markets outside of, of China. And you did flag some of those, those sales figures there, which are, when you look at them, uh, insane considering the, they are concentrated around you know almost a single event like that but Carmen when we're talking about live shopping how to Debbie's point how synonymous is it with entertainment you know to what because if, you know looking back through my inbox but before this every time I got mentioned you know live shopping was mentioned to me or I got pitched something about it it was always to do with a live event how uh, integral it, is that it definitely needs to be entertaining like you need to give consumers a reason to show up and they're just not going to be there if you're just going to sell them a product. So there, yeah. there needs to be something else there for them. And 
especially if we're talking about platforms like TikTok, people want to be entertained. They want to have fun. They want to enjoy and, and they want to participate as well somehow in the live shopping. So I think that's a really important thing as well, having the ability to engage and to communicate with the host and to be part of what's actually happening. Uh, I think that's the kind of experience that consumers are looking for. And that's why live shopping is so powerful because consumers can uh, directly connect with the brand or with the person who is, um, well, presenting the, the live shopping show. Mm. And how, I suppose, educated do you think brands currently are about the need for it to be an entertainment well, <laughs> you know, event in its own right rather than just a sales pitch? Well, honestly, I think we're still working on the education part because brands know that live shopping exists, but they don't know anything else about it. They, they know that it's something that they should be doing. They know that it's something that's interesting. They know that they could be making lots of money uh, with it, but they're still a little bit hesitant to try like, okay, so who in my vertical is doing this right now? And like, what are other things or like, what are the case studies that we can see from this? So it's still a little bit slow, but we see more and more companies starting to do live shopping. And I think that's fantastic. And in a few years time, it will be like literally everyone mm. doing live shopping. Cause it, it also has to do with what consumers want and they want video and they want interaction. So with live shopping, you're giving them the video, you're giving them the interaction and also a reason for them to be there to follow you to to come back to you as a brand so yeah i think that's that's how we're moving forward with things and the the point where we are at right now is well that this is still a new market that's developing in europe and the us and in china it's been there for seven years already so they have done a lot of things they have done a lot of learnings and we cannot expect to have the same results within just one year of doing live shopping so um yeah we still need to go through all the things that china did and all the learnings and implement them uh, here i think carmen's right I, I i think the i think lots of brands and retailers are going to going to g try and go into this space i'm not convinced they'll all do it successfully because i think exactly as carmen was saying i think there are a number of levers that you need to pull in order to make kind of uh, live shopping successful you know and i think it's about being customer centric and creating a customer centric experience so as i said treat it like a new route to consumer what is this experience offering customers that they can't get in other other commerce channels, right? And I think Carmen has like hit the nail on the head. It has to be entertaining. You have to get something that you won't be able to get in other channels. Because remember, you're still relying on a group of consumers that are going to spend time at a particular moment in time on your flat platform trying to buy your product. What are you offering that they're not going to get on one of your other existing channels in terms of experience and even product? You know, what is the FOMO that you're going to try and create? Like, and so I, I worry, like with other, other commerce channels, that maybe some brands and retailers are just going to find it, find this opportunity as, a, as a, another route to consumer, but not offer a different experience, not offer, mm. offer different products, you know, and that's the danger like it well, takes real skill to make this channel work. What we tell brands to actually uh, be successful with live shopping is that 
before anything, they need to have a, a strategy because if they don't have the right strategy, it just won't happen. It won't work. And then we also tell them that it's very important to divide live shopping into three different phases, which is pre-event, during event, and after the event. And you really need to take care of all these three parts because if one of them is not done properly, you are most likely not going to get the best results that you could be getting. And, and there's where you're going to see, like, if you're going to succeed or if you're going to fail with live shopping, you really need to prepare. You really need to, to think about it as a new channel that you need to develop. And also we get asked this question very often, like, okay, so is it a one off? enough to actually make it with live shopping and the answer is no you need to develop the channel you need to do this consistently and people will just forget what you're doing if you do it just once you need to to create that consistency and and you know like a tv channel basically or like a tv show it's every wednesday at 9 p.m and then people will automatically know this that is my favorite brand every Wednesday at 9 p.m. is doing a live shopping event and they're showing me something interesting or something that I want to learn about or or something that's good for me as a consumer. So I'm going to tune in and maybe I shop something as well because they're doing something amazing. Although I would say, sorry to interrupt, but I, I would say that um, the challenge is, is that our future shopper isn't into live really as much as maybe other segments of consumers, right? And so the experience that you have to create has to be really outstanding for them to even consider tuning in at 9pm, even if it is their favorite brand. Mm. Like, you know, I, I think of my children like 27 and, and 17 they don't watch any live like uh content at all most of it is on demand and so I absolutely agree with Carmen it's like it's not only what is that entertainment factor but what are they getting that they can't get anywhere else whether that's product whether that's you know um, unique experiences whether that's access to influencers as part of that shopping experience which Doyen and, and TikTok do so well mm. how are you standing out from the crowd because just putting your product on live streaming at 9 p.m is not gonna work <laughs> see I think that's that's so fascinating because there is I was gonna say there are so many proof points that I feel like we could point to to say these audiences are into kind of those time limited events, whether that be, you know, looking at Be Real, for instance, and going, actually, you have to be ready at a specific time or look at the uh, the success of creators on Twitch, for instance, which is live and has that chat interaction. So, Debbie, when we're talking there about, you know, audiences not necessarily being habituated to that in, let's say, the UK, for example, what is necessary to take us from this current environment where it's, you know, maybe a limited audience to one where more people are doing this and brands feel more encouraged to enter that space because they know the audience is there. Yeah, so I'm going to be a little bit contentious because I know whilst there are some great case studies where live shopping has done really, really well on direct consumer platforms, like I always believe you have to fish where the fishes are and the fishes are on social and the fishes are on big retailer platforms like Amazon. So therefore, the fact that some of these big social platforms are removing you know, live stream capability instead of augmenting it and allowing content creators to connect their content to shopping experiences, I think is a massive miss. Mm. Um, and I'd be surprised if there wasn't a turnaround on that pretty quickly. Um, and so 
like I, I would say that I would want to see that functionality being reintroduced into the platforms where people are habitually, to your point, you know, consuming content anyway and mm. want to find more frictionless and seamless ways to buy. Like we talk to, we talk about that to our clients all the time, which is you need to forget that social is just a place to build equity. Like the commerce experience also builds brand equity too, right? And if you have a poor commerce experience, i.e., you know, one of your influencers are are showing you products or showing you um, new products that you really want to buy and you can't seamlessly and frictionlessly, then it impacts not only your ability to buy, but it impacts how you feel about that brand. And I, I think it's just a big miss in mm. on social platforms outside of China at the moment. I, I agree with that, actually. And so we have seen that, for example, Instagram is the one that's withdrawing uh, their live shopping features. But I think they're just not prepared Uh they wanted to try and do something and they just did not do it right. The fact that you're trying to do live shopping and then there's friction everywhere is not helpful for companies and it's not helpful for consumers. So you need to make sure that you fix those problems first. And and also you as, as Instagram need to decide like what is your focus because right now everything's a little bit confusing. Um, but yeah, first of all, you need to make sure that the consumer experience is good because otherwise it's not going to work. And I think that's basically what happened there. Yeah. Had this yeah. shopping tab and, and people could go to that uh, product, but then you would be sent to another page and then the cart would be somewhere else. And that's just so complicated for a, a consumer. You, you get lost in the middle of the process. So I think those are things that need to be fixed. And once they're fixed, obviously the experience will improve and more people will be interested in these uh shoppable features within uh, social media platforms uh, I would yeah. say. And that does speak to something you both mentioned here actually which is those larger more integrated platforms have an advantage here so you know I mentioned exactly. Twitch earlier they're owned by Amazon and Amazon makes it so easy to just buy directly from somebody's stream and that just I suppose is a very very minor example compared to what is possible with live shopping but still one of the things that you've both mentioned here and we sort of danced around it a little bit here is the extent to which um, China is leading the way in this versus where say companies platforms outside of China are potentially regressing so Debbie I wondered what is it then about the, the Chinese audience and the Chinese consumers and Chinese platforms that make it so attractive for live shopping and what is needed for other territories to replicate that? Yeah, I mean, I would put my money on that integration of the kind of social and commerce ecosystem, the fact that you can connect influence, that you can connect entertainment, that you can connect on-platform um, uh um, purchase all in the same ecosystem is really the North Star for, mm. for social commerce. And every moment at which you're introducing an element of friction is is a moment that you're turning consumers off from the entire experience. And it's just such a shame because like the world of e-com outside again of China hasn't changed massively in terms of the UI and in terms of the experience. And this is such an amazing opportunity to just shape shift that. And so it's just like, you know, I can see Carmen shaking her head as well. It's so frustrating <laughs> for us in the industry that are working with brands and retailers all the time, but also with platforms to just not understand 
um, as I said, this new route to consumer. I think the other the other challenge, if I may, is that they're not seeing it also as a commerce opportunity and treating it like a new, as I say, I keep going back to a new route to consumer. Mm. And so what they, I feel that outside of China, what they're trying to do is sell the same product in the same way with maybe the same influencers. And it's kind of like, if I'm a consumer, why, why would I go, why would I go here instead of just going on your site and buying? Yeah. Like, what is the added value? Like, is it a new product that I get to see? Is there a drop that you're going to make? Like, how are you going to make this interesting and fun for me to engage with and for me to spend my time with you? And I think, as I said, if, if brands and retailers stop being so, um, you know, uh, brand and retailer centric and think about the customer experience, you know, it's where is how you're also going to build loyalty for life as well. I 100% agree with that. And and that's why I... That's why we need this entertaining uh, part into the live shopping event. We want to, we want people to interact. So if we can throw in a poll or have a quiz or something like that so that people can interact, that's going to help a lot with the viewer time. So how the amount of time that they spend watching the show, the amount of products that they finally purchase because they, they just feel like you're giving them something. So I think consumers also want to give back. So it's interesting. Yeah, I totally agree. And it's interesting that you're both uh, so focused on the consumer, whether that be creating new buying behaviors or even recognizing that consumers these days or people who are just on social want to experience that in a way that is, you know, easy for them, that actually makes sense for their lives. So to what extent then do you feel like we, we even can insert, I suppose, a brand experience currently or are we going to have to create a new behavior from scratch through you know the use of i suppose huge examples of uh live shopping that catch headlines you know where do we begin building up that that consumer experience yeah like you know oh goodness that's hard i think <laughs> like the you know the um, examples that i've mentioned around um, you know, the Chinese influencers and the scale of audience and, and consumer that they they attract. Mm. Yes, we've got to find a way to get that. We've got to find a way of finding authentic and relevant influencers. And remember, this isn't just about future shopper, as in, you know, the Gen Zers or even yeah. the Gen Alphas. You know, how do we find influencers with true authenticity and relevance to the consumers that we're targeting? And how do we create those those experiences that make people want to, to dial in. Um, as I said, we've also got to think of what are the need states and the occasions that are going to get people to, to want to dial in? What's missing from my life currently that the brand can add more meaningful value to? Yeah. Whether it's making my life easier uh, or to Carmen's point, giving me more entertainment or maybe me getting my hands on a product that you know none of my friends are going to get their hands on like what is it like how do we go back to really understanding that consumer behavior and and what's going to create a level of fomo or entertainment that's going to get me to to tune in i think it also really depends on the on the company and the brand like for example if you are a company that has a difficult product uh, like it is hard for consumers to understand what your product does or how it works and with live shopping, you can give them all sorts of explanations about how your product works, why it's worth buying, how you need to use it, what are all the things that are going to help you 
if you purchase this product, like what are all those things that are in, in it for you basically? Mm. Um, and then let's say fashion or beauty. If you are shopping online, you cannot really get an idea, for example, of what a color looks like, because sometimes the screen looks different from what it really looks like in reality. So if you have a live shopping show, and there's somebody who's wearing the product and who's showing you the product live, um, you'll be more prone to to buy the, that product. And also if you have a question about pricing or size or whatever that is, you'll have somebody uh, responding directly to you. So that's also going to help you as a consumer to feel like, okay, this is great. They're solving all my questions. And you as a brand are potentially closing more sales just because you're giving the consumer the confidence to actually buy now. Mm. See, that I think is fascinating. It goes back to Debbie's point there about authenticity. Exactly. Um, obviously, when we're talking here about uh, about live shopping outside of China, it's, it's still a relatively nascent space, mm-hmm. which provides a lot of opportunity for growth, or provides a lot of opportunity for new players to get involved. So what, I suppose, beyond the brands and the platforms, what are the opportunities for agencies to get involved? What are the opportunities for content creators to really sort of say, well, you know, I can actually add a little bit of authenticity to this conversation. Where do you foresee new players entering the space over the next couple of years? Uh, I would say definitely in the agency space, there will be more agencies that do what we do, which is basically helping with the whole live shopping process from the beginning to the end, because companies, uh, they, they need somebody to help them develop the whole thing. So they, they will need assistance there. Therefore, there will be more agencies willing to help on the uh, strategy side or the production side or anything related to promotion. Then on the influencer side, uh, I think we will see as well more influencers uh, starting to do live streaming. Mm. But not not just influencers, but other creators that are good at selling. You, you don't need to be an influencer. You just need to be somebody who knows like how to show up on camera, how to like explain a product. And also, for example, we always say that companies uh, have really good potential with their own uh, uh, hosts. Mm. For like we call them KOEs, key opinion employees, and those are. Um, employees from the company that act as hosts. So I think companies will also um, develop an in-house team maybe or a group of people who will be in charge of live shopping. Those are kind of the uh, opportunities that I see right now, as well as the growth of more companies uh, enabling live shopping. And Debbie, you were nodding along to, well, quite a lot of that, particularly where, you know, Yeah, I think that you know you know representing an agency too i think for for me it's about really pushing brands and retailers and holding them to to account to be more customer centric i think sometimes you know it's that old oh, that age build it and they shall come well no they don't and definitely not in this age right and so it's for me it's not just building the infrastructure and that seamless experience but actually how do you create a commercial strategy that makes it right to step into this space how do you hold the brands and retailers to account to create experiences that customers want to take part in what are we offering those customers 
um, on this channel that they can't get in any other channel? And how do we just up the ante a bit, right? Sometimes we want, you know, shopping with humor. There are so many influencers that my kids make me watch on YouTube, (laughs) you know, where they're trialing haul, makeup hauls or clothes hauls from Pretty Little Thing. And I'm like, if only they had the ability to connect a product in live time. Like, honestly, I would do it because it's just so funny. And the girl looks like me and is about the same size. And yeah, why not? Like, Mm. it it sounds easier than it is, but I I think the way that agencies can help uh, clients is not just on the practicality sides, but actually to Carmen's point on the strategy on what is the right hook for your consumer that you're trying to uh, get engaged. And then, as I said, it's like, it is this middle space of physical and e-com shopping. Yeah. And so how do we make that exciting and fun and, and like this next frontier um, for, for people and, and for customers? And so I think it's hugely exciting. And my only frustration is that we don't have the same platform capability outside of China, quite frankly. Yeah, quite. Yeah. Anyway, that's the, I think that's so fantastic, that enthusiasm about it, which ultimately I suppose is part of the responsibility of agencies is to, to kind of push some of this forward and say on behalf of brand partners and clients, look, this, this ultimately will be worth it. It's almost worth staking a claim in this space just so you can see what is possible. But also creators, actually, you mentioned creators too. Yeah. It's like, you know, I speak a lot to clients about this, this, emerging trend of de-influencers, influencers that are moving away yeah, from commerce opportunities yeah, yeah. rather than leaning into it. And I think that goes back to our point about authenticity. You know, I think we're not far away from, um, you know, and I launched social commerce as a capability quite a few years ago, I think a bit ahead of its time, and I'm sure Carmen would say the same. I'm not quite sure yet whether the industry is, is ready for true social commerce. But I do think the level of investment that brands and retailers make in this space and make and um, the level of investment they make into influence and, and content creators, they're going to want to see a return. And how do we find that sweet spot of of connecting social to commerce as well as still being authentic and still being culturally relevant in a way that doesn't create this almost backlash of the of the de-influencer space? See that's that's so fast. That is beyond the remit of this of this podcast. You know, we have this <laughs> the next one. Uh, exactly. Yeah, we'll get you both back. But as a as a sort of final question for the main body of the podcast, then I wondered, considering that you've been in this space, you know, both of you and you you kind of play an integral role in, I suppose, talking to brands about what is possible here. What would be some of your predictions for live shopping in? the uk and the us and europe over the next five years are we going to see the you know uh, the implementation of integrated platforms are we going to see platforms join up more readily are we going to see to your point there there be much people talking about it doing it in a responsible way rather than just going all in on the clutter of it uh carmen what would you say are some of your predictions for the next five years i definitely see uh more companies joining in the space. And I can say this based on what I have seen this year alone, that there have been many more software companies entering the space and there have been many more uh, social platforms that are implementing live shopping. So as we're saying, we are, we are only getting started now. And in five years time, this is going to be huge. Mm. See, I, I wish we were doing a video podcast because the amount of nodding <laughs> even just with the three of us has been pretty amazing. Uh, so, Debbie, what would you say are some of those predictions for the next five years within this space? 
I'd love to know, see the, I'd love to see the space be more creative, mm. right? Like I feel as though we're being a bit too pedestrian with this new opportunity for creative commerce. And as I said, like how do we make these experiences unmissable? Like you have to blend almost like the the world of of TV and on demand with the world of shopping all in one big colliding party. Like China's done that so well, you know, mixed music and entertainment and humor. Like we are, so, we're good at that outside of China too. I don't see why we haven't yet um, unlocked that. So more creative commerce. And to your point, I'll say it again, more integrated. Mm. You know, you make it hard for me to shop and I love shopping <laughs> as well. Like I am, I'm not coming back. So how do we make it more seamless, more integrated, more, you know, the Amazon one click button to buy and it's here the next day type of experience. That's what we all need to be aiming for. Nice. It's, you're so right as well. The entire time we've been talking, I've been thinking, this does feel like the kind of the collision of so many different disciplines, whether that be TV, entertainment, kind of the e-commerce exactly. experience. It really does feel like it sits at the intersection of all of them. And unfortunately, we have come to the end of the discussion. We will have to get you back because, like I said, we barely scratched the surface of this. But thank you so much for giving a, a an introduction almost for those of us who don't necessarily know much about live shopping. So, Carmen, Debbie, thank you so much for coming on and having this chat. If the audience wants to get in contact and find out more about your work, where's the best place for them to find you? Carmen. So you can find me on LinkedIn. You can just search for my name, Carmen Mule. It's spelled Carmen, then M-U-L-E-Y. And then on email, Carmen at frame.studio or on our website, frame.studio. Fantastic. And Debbie? Exactly the same. Find me, Debbie Ellison, on LinkedIn. Um, or Debbie, i.e., by the way, D-E-B-B-I-E dot Ellison at vmlynrcommerce.com. You'll probably have to play that back a couple of times. And of course, <laughs> on our website, vmlynrcommerce.com too. Um, thank you so much. What an amazing conversation. Oh, no, of course. Thank you for coming on. Thank we you very include, much. We will include the, the contact details and you know the names of our fantastic guests in this week's episode show notes. But thank you so much for coming on. Thank you to the listeners as well. Please do stick around. Go to thedrum.com where we write about all aspects of social commerce, marketing, media, and if I have my way, much more about live shopping over the next couple of months. But thank you again, Carmen and Debbie. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you very much.